Welcome back, everybody. You are listening to Phil at the Movies. I'm your host, Phil Walsh, and this is episode number 23 of this ongoing podcast series dedicated to the movies, or as I like to say, for the love of movies. The good, the bad, everything in between, I talk about it all on this show. And today, I am continuing my review of every movie in the Halloween franchise in lead-up to the release of Halloween Ends. And today, I am talking about the ultimate final showdown between Michael Myers and Laurie Strode, the end of their saga, so to speak. And no, no, I'm not talking about Halloween Ends. This is not, a, this is not an early preview of coming events. No, in fact, we're going to go back in time today to 1998 to what was originally envisioned and pitched as the final installment in the Halloween franchise, the epic conclusion to the rivalry between Michael Myers and Laurie Strode. And the movie that I am talking about is Halloween H2O, Halloween 20 years later. Before I put that movie on the chopping block, I'd like to just, as always, thank you, the listeners, for tuning in each week to hear what I have to say about movies. As always, your support and encouragement means the world. And even though this is a passion project for me, just to have your support and encouragement has just made it all the more worthwhile. So thank you for tuning in. Thank you for recommending this show uh, to your friends, to your family, anybody who uh, think might listen, enjoy listening to a passionate movie buff go on and on about movies at great lengths. But uh, if you have not done so already, if you are a new listener, a first-time listener, first off, welcome. Uh, I hope you enjoy the show today. Uh, but if you have not done so uh, already, please feel free to subscribe and follow along. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at PhilCastMovies. That's my personal handle. You can also follow this show, which is Phil at the Movies. Uh, but please uh, feel free to rate and review this uh, this podcast on Apple iTunes. Uh, frankly, I uh, I encourage you to. I, I strongly encourage you to, uh, if you would uh, be so kind. But uh, in any event, uh, please feel free to share this with uh, anyone who you think enjoys movies and especially uh, enjoys Halloween movies, because I know there is a large uh, a large fan base for this franchise out there. It's why it has endured for 44 years, so some, some, something's going on. Uh, but any event, as always, thank you, and I hope you enjoy today's show. So, recording this episode now on Wednesday, September the 14th, which is now exactly one month, 30 days, until the final showdown between Michael Myers and Laurie Strode, the release of Halloween Ends, and... As you could probably guess, I am just through the roof with excitement and anticipation. The marketing is really kicking up uh, between magazine drops and new photos that are being released, a couple new teaser trailers uh, or t uh, TV spots. We haven't had a, a new uh, official final trailer, and frankly, I'm okay with that. I don't think there needs to be anything more than just the subtle marketing that's going on because I think just based on the fact that this is – being sold as Halloween ends, the final chapter in Laurie and Michael's saga, I think people are automatically going to be interested. And, and by that, I'm really speaking about the general audience. Ha Halloween fans, I mean, we're, we're, we'd be there tomorrow, you know what I mean? There's there's already excitement on our end. But I think in terms of the general audience, um, just, you know, in, in observation, you know, conversations with the people who are 
you know, shall we say, not Halloween buffs or uh, maybe even, you know, not even horror fans, but, uh, you know, people who have, you know, seen a few of the TV spots and know that something's going on. Like, oh, this, you know, looks pretty interesting. So I think there's excitement. There's interest in this movie and uh, hats off to Universal and Blumhouse for their, what has I think been so far a superb marketing campaign. But uh, any event, 30 days, 30 days from today, uh, my uh, my butt will be parked in the theater seat and I will be... uh, I'll be ready for uh, ready for what for what is uh, for what is going to come because uh, I I think just based on everything again, no firsthand knowledge here. This is just going off my uh, my gut feeling, but I I think I think we're going to be in for a real treat with with Halloween ends, uh, especially uh, you know Jamie Lee Curtis really seems to be putting uh, her seal of approval on it, uh, and, and I think having you know, being you know serving as a producer that definitely uh, is a is a benefit as well and kind of ties into really today's topic, which is Halloween H2O, Halloween, 20 years later, the seventh installment in the series and the first ever reboot, soft reboot of a franchise, particularly a horror uh, franchise. And again, today we would call it a requel, kind of a quasi-sequel slash remake or reboot. But Jamie Lee Curtis was instrumental in Halloween 7, and I'll refer to it uh, as that for the time being, she was instrumental in that going, uh, sort of elevating from what would have been a direct-to-video release into a a big-budget spectacle and ultimately a, a uh, reinvigorating force in the Halloween franchise uh, and kind of catapulted Michael Myers back into the mainstream after being you know, sort of... Maybe not played for laughs, but definitely uh, on, on the downward spiral, shall we say, kind of post-1989's Halloween 5. Uh, Halloween 6, of course, had not been a financial success or a critical success. It did make a little bit more money than Halloween 5, but uh, at, at, at one time, Halloween 6 was the lowest, and it, in fact it still is, the lowest <laughs> rated uh, movie on Rotten Tomatoes for the franchise. Um, kind of an interesting uh, little tidbit there. That was, of course, a, a 9% rating on, on Rotten Tomatoes. And again, not that necessarily Rotten Tomato ratings are everything, but uh, Halloween, The Curse of Michael Myers did not do the franchise any uh, any points. And uh, as I said earlier when I, I did a review of it, I, I have a lot of mixed feelings on it. It's definitely a bittersweet film because it was Donald Pleasant's final turn as Dr. Loomis before he tragically passed away uh but overall the movie is a is a mess uh, (laughs) that's putting it mildly so when when the time came to discuss the next movie no one really knew what to do with it daniel farrens who had written the script for halloween six had initially envisioned it as kind of the a jumping off point for the franchise to carry on uh, you know, for a new generation, his belief and thought was that Tommy, the Tommy Doyle character played by uh, by Paul Rudd in the uh, sixth installment, would would carry on the Doctor Loomis role, sort of like the uh, you know the Boogeyman Hunter. And initially, his script for Halloween Seven would have involved a, a continuation of the the, the cult storyline and kind of how it was impacting Haddonfield and how they were. You know, the town was really involved in kind of protecting Michael Myers. It was very much a conspiracy. Uh, but ultimately, the decision was made to, to nix 
the cult storyline to separate the series from those particular set of of films and kind of put Halloween in a in a kind of in a standalone category and that is really where Halloween 7 begins to to take shape so to speak and initially there was a a pitch that was uh, approved and a script was was written by a writer named Robert Zappia and it was called Halloween 7 and eventually the uh, the subtitle was added for it to be the two faces of evil and mind you at this point Halloween 7 was going to be a direct-to-video release. So, had it gone that way, I think Halloween would have been perpetually irrelevant. Uh, it would have you know, just gone down the, the rabbit hole and probably never been seen, uh, seen or heard from again uh, outside of reruns on, on, on TV. And, you know, whenever, you know, a studio needed a, a, a quick uh, quick cash grab, you know, you know, fire off a uh, a direct-to-video film. So, fortunately, that didn't happen. But but that was that was the direction, and it was very close. Uh, again, script was written, production was starting to get underway, and the plot eventually inv- was essentially uh, it 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 acted as if the other films didn't exist. I mean, there was no blatant acknowledgement, but it didn't it didn't necessarily uh, you know take any cues from what had come before. More or less, Michael Myers was locked away in prison, and then there was a copycat, Michael Myers, on the loose, and there was a series of, you know, two two or three detectives who were trying to solve the case, and that was pretty much the pitch. Now, around this time, however, Scream comes out, and it is this huge success. Comes out one year, mind you, a little over a year, after the release of Halloween 6, which arguably is is considered the, the real low point for the slasher genre. And, and you know, most people would just sort of close the book and say, well, those movies have run their course. Scream, of course, uh, comes out a uh, little over a year later, totally takes everyone by surprise. It's this massive success at the box office, as well as a critical success, mind you. And that's, I think, you know, something that's worth noting. I mean, yes, Scream was a financial hit, but it was also a hit with, with fans and critics alike. And and that really showed studios that there was interest in these movies and there was an interest in them being done in a different way that had, had that had come before, that it wasn't, you know, necessarily a, a straightforward A to Z slasher movie, but, but, but kind of paid homage and took cues from all the greats that had come before, but presented it presented it in this kind of, you know, meta nineties uh style and, and, and format. So obviously uh you know Miramax wants to capitalize on that uh, on that uh on that success. You have Scream two come out in nineteen ninety seven and, and you know again the, the, the genre is is back again and so inevitably it makes sense that there's gonna be a trickle down onto the Halloween franchise. And it was around this time uh, heading into 1998, that Jamie Lee Curtis, who had famously said after Halloween two in 1981 that she was done with with horror movies, she was done with slasher movies, and was was moving on. She was really the driving force behind Halloween seven becoming something more than just a direct-to-video release, and she was keen on getting the band back together. 
She wanted to bring back Deborah Hill. She wanted to bring back John Carpenter and everyone who was involved in the first movie and do essentially an anniversary, uh, kind of a thank you movie that, that would just sort of acknowledge the, the, this, the film that it really kick-started the slasher genre and, and transformed the, the horror landscape. Well, uh, the way the story goes, John Carpenter wanted a, uh, a large payday uh, for, uh, for Halloween seven. And that, that just was not going to happen. So ultimately he was, uh, no longer involved and Deborah Hill, uh, was no longer involved, but, but Jamie Lee Curtis was, and part of her thinking for this film was to, you know, cap off the franchise to, to end it on a high note, to bring it in to the rivalry between Michael Myers and Laurie Strode. And, and, and what better way to do it than to have, you know, this epic clash, this final battle between good and evil. And so, you know, kind of while Halloween uh, seven, two faces of two faces of evil was being written and kind of, you know, finalized, uh, the decision was ultimately made to say, no, we're going to go in a different direction and, and kind of bring back the Laurie Strode character. And so the storyline, you know, was kind of, you know, re- revised and, 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 and tweaked. Uh, titles at one point included uh, Halloween Blood Ties. You know, it was really trying to sum up the, uh, the, the, the storyline. It was even one uh, title included The Revenge of Laurie Strode. It was really trying to just, you know, Drive Home, this was a different movie, a different kind of uh, of Halloween story. And naturally, because of the success of Scream and, and, and his kind of, you know, force behind it, Kevin Williamson, the screenwriter, uh, uh, was uh, approached. And he was actually the one who, who created the idea of it being Halloween 7, the revenge of, of Laurie Strode. And his script is interesting because... While he he gets credit for sort of the the outline of Halloween H two O and kind of what is more or less presented in in terms of concepts, uh, his script was much different. His, his script did not act as a reboot. His, his script was designed to connect the entire franchise together, and part of that was the the decision, the story point to say that Laurie Strode or her her alias in the film, Carrie Tate, had faked her death prior to the events of Halloween 4 and had gone into into hiding in order to escape the wrath of, of her brother, Michael Myers. Now, how this was all going to be explained, more or less, because the story takes place uh, in, in California and Lori, you know, is this uh, headmistress at a, at a private prep school. And so again, all that is, all that's is still there in the final version. But in in Williamson's script, there was supposed to be a scene where a student is giving an oral presentation on the history of Halloween, specifically the history of Halloween in Haddonfield, and was going to recap in kind of you know a condensed form the the events of the previous movies. And so there would have been an acknowledgement of the Jamie Lloyd character and the revelation that she was she was dead, killed by Michael Myers, and so Laurie would have kind of, you know, begun to spiral out and crack up from that point on. But ultimately, you know, the uh the the decision was made to to nix all connection 
to the previous films and instead use it as a jumping off point from Halloween 2. But even then, it's not really acknowledged. And, and what I mean by that is, you know, Michael Myers doesn't have any burn marks, uh, you know, in, in the films. I mean, you know, you could say it's a cotton, you know, continuity goof or, or you know, just was an over, or, you know, a mistake. But, um, you know, more or less the decision was to just say, no, we're going to focus on kind of that original feel and kind of get back to to the basics. And, you know, it, it, it's one of those situations where because the series had spun itself into so many webs and the storyline had gotten so far from Halloween 2, it, it, it almost made, it was the only logical uh, answer to to essentially reboot the franchise for the first time. I mean, this is really the start of where Halloween becomes kind of a, a pick-your-own-adventure timeline. And so, the, you know, this movie was, was meant to, to, to take up that trend, but also to end the storyline. I, you know, go back to it. This was supposed to be the final movie. That was why Jamie Lee Curtis wanted to do it. She wanted to come back as a thank you, you know, kind of honor the original after 20 years, but but to ultimately have that final showdown and finish off the character of Michael Myers and boom, move forward and then be done with it. Well, production began, scripts were written, a lot of revisions were, were made, and getting right down to the wire before production is, uh, you know, filming is set to start. And then it's revealed. And, you know, to be fair, I do not know where this interesting uh, clause stands today but at the time there was a clause in the contract um but you know from the Akkads and the clause stipulated that Michael Myers could not die now Jamie Lee Curtis didn't know this the director Steve Miner did not know this and filming is set to begin literally on the verge of production well when Jamie Lee Curtis heard this, that, oh my God, you know, Michael Myers you know, can't die, but what does that mean? She threatened to walk off the set. She, she, she didn't want to do it. Because like, to her, this was meant to be the final film. You know, she's coming back, going to put everything to rest and end the storyline. And the idea that Michael couldn't be killed, given that the ending in the script, and there were various uh, versions, but, but more or less, at the end of it, Laurie finally defeated her brother, and that was the end of it. And at that point, you know, the rewrites started happening because everyone's trying to keep Jamie Lee involved, and it was varying uh, discussions. At one point, you know, be more of an ambiguous ending, you know, maybe he lives, maybe he, he maybe he's dead, or at one point there was going to be this great epic uh, you know, kind of car chase with a bus, you know, think uh, think true lies in the scene on on the bridge. It was going to be very similar to that with Laurie being hoisted out of a, a, a burning bus and, and, and carried away in a helico- uh, helicopter and then Michael going over the side of the road trapped in the bus. I mean, there was a whole bunch of different endings. Uh, one of them involved him being stabbed with a javelin and then kind of crushed on a uh, a sliding floor uh, above a, an indoor swimming pool. I mean, there's a whole bunch of crazy ideas. And, uh, you know, ultimately, uh, this is where Kevin Williamson comes in. He came up with the uh, w- with the solution to have the movie end with it looking like, it seeming like Laurie killed Michael Myers by, and spoiler alert if you haven't seen it, cutting off his head 
with an X. That was the way it was presented. That was the way it was shot. But the way it was kind of, you know, finessed was that it would be revealed in the eighth movie that she had killed an innocent man. And, well, we all know how that turned out with Halloween Resurrection. So that was agreed upon. The the, the solution worked, and, and Jamie Lee Curtis uh, stayed on the project, and the filming uh, commenced. And, it, you know, I'll give you my thoughts on, on that whole uh, situation uh, in just a bit, but... Uh, I think it's interesting because Jamie Lee Curtis has mentioned this uh, a number of times in recent years, especially with the Blumhouse films. She always regretted that she was not a producer on H2O. And I think because of the whole uh, issue, shall we say, uh, or, or you know, the the head scratcher with the ending, I think that is a, a clear indication why and, and why you know now she is a producer on, on these three films, you know, soon to be released, the final one, uh, because I think she wants to see that, that kind of justice done for the character, to the story, and, and that was not really there in, uh, in, in Halloween H2O. And as she famously said a number of years back that it's the movie, meaning Halloween 7, started out with the best intentions, and it ultimately just became a you know, more or less a paycheck movie for her because it got so far away from what the original intention was. There are bits and pieces of it. There are, there are moments uh, that, are, that are present, but uh, initially the storyline involved a lot more of, of Lori's trauma. She was an alcoholic. That, those little things are, are hinted at in the movie, but, but they're not fleshed out in a way um, in the same way that, say, Halloween 2018 does. And, and you know, if you look at the runtime for, uh, for H2O, it's interesting because it is one of, if not the shortest movies in the, uh, in the franchise. It's 86 minutes, you know, not even an hour and a half. And if you look at it, it really, it, the, the whole movie is about the build-up to the final showdown, that final 20-minute chase and fight and ultimately, uh, you know, head-severing finale between Michael and Laurie. And a lot of the movie does feel like it's just padding the time for that inevitable showdown. Interestingly enough, there was a whole subplot in one of the scripts that involved the detective character. So again, kind of borrowing from the the, the Zapia uh, direct-to-video script but there was going to be these two detectives who were more or less going to be on the trail of Michael Myers after he uh, kills off uh, Nurse Marion Chambers uh, at the beginning of the movie to get the file on Laurie Strode. And again, kind of going on a, you know, a Loomis-like character hunting Michael. They would have ultimately met their end, so you know they kind of didn't really serve a purpose, and I can understand why the decision was made to cut that out. But it, it, it would have, I think, added just a little bit a, a, another nice layer to the to the movie because to me i i have very mixed feelings on this movie and i and i know it's a, it is a it is a beloved uh, it is a beloved entry for many it's 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 their favorite and and i'm not i'm not necessarily negative on the movie but uh i i do think it could have been much more and again not that um you know not that uh you know reviews are 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 everything mind you but you know it, it was uh it was mixed 
overall, the, the response to this film. And when you compare it to what came 20 years later with Halloween 2018, I think you can see why maybe one worked better than one uh, you know, did not. And, and that's not to say that Halloween 7 or, or Halloween H2O is a bad movie. I, I don't think it is a bad film. And, you know, I frankly, I, I enjoy a lot of it. I think it's, it's perfect for, for what it set out to, to accomplish, which was this final showdown between Michael and Laurie. And frankly, for that, the epic face-off between the two of them is worth the price of the ticket or the DVD. Like, it, just that whole showdown with Laurie and Michael, again, her going after him with the axe, then ultimately, you know, cutting his head off. I mean, all of that was, was perfect. And I remember the first time I saw it, I was like, wow, yes, th- this, is, this is fantastic. Like this, this, this is a great way to end what could be considered a trilogy, Halloween, Halloween two and Halloween H two O. I mean, again, it's so perfect. You don't need to have anything else after it, but all of that being uh, being said, you know, the movie does feel like it is killing time. Just just sort of waiting until we have the Michael and Laurie showdown. And, you know, this is this is not necessarily a, a knock on the movie. It's more just an observation. But it feels very screamified. And, and I've, again, I know Kevin Williamson was was responsible for writing the script, but there is this sense that it's kind of, you know, taking what worked with Scream and just sort of running with it. You know, I would have liked to have had more stalking. I would have liked to have had more of an ominous fall-like feeling and atmosphere in the movie because, you know, maybe it's it's the setting of moving it to California that, that kind of is, is, is jarring. But I, I feel like there were there was... A lot of miscues, particularly with Michael lurking around a school, and 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 you know, could have been a lot of interesting, you know, just camera decisions and 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 story decisions that 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 just didn't pan out necessarily. But I mean, you know, it is a very '90s film. It, you know, it's it, it's it doesn't necessarily capture the magic of of the earlier earlier films and. You know the music, and and that's a whole that's a whole other story. But it, it's kind of like one part scream and the other part '90s music video, um, and, and it's sort of an interesting uh, point because the original score uh, uh, by a guy named uh, John Ottman was was much different, a- and you know his music, I guess, was was apparently taken out without his knowledge because uh, many were unhappy with his uh, you know his uh, his scoring, and uh, I guess it was Bob Weinstein who uh, was sort of the driving force behind his uh, you know, score being sort of ditched or replaced. And much of what's in there uh, is uh, uh, Marco Beltrami's score from both Scream One and Two. And so this, you know, again, where there could have been like a lot of you know interesting you know musical choices, and and I'd recommend you because you can find it on online take a listen to to the Ottman score because there is a real grandiose sense uh, of this movie and and I think that score 
would have worked better than just sort of you know taking what was from Scream and, and maybe you know redubbing it or, or, or remixing it. Um, you know, again, just just things like that would have really, you know, I think enhanced this movie because there's a there's a great concept in here. You're it's Laurie Strode. It's 20 years later. She's she's been living in hiding, living in in perpetual fear, and ultimately her worst fear is realized. Her brother Michael Myers finds her. And now she can't run anymore. She has to face her fear and ultimately confront it and defeat it. Those are beautiful, powerful themes. I would have just liked to have seen them, I think, developed a little bit more. There there could have been more expanded on with Laurie and, and her struggle. And that's what I really like what Halloween 18 did, was it, it, it really took these themes that are, that are hinted at in Halloween H2O and expands on it and, and shows someone who is still living in trauma, that, that, that there really is no recovery. There may be days that are better, but overall, your life is a mess. And I would have liked to have seen more of that in H2O instead of just like a few moments, oh, she pops a pill here or she drinks, you know, more wine at lunch. I would have really liked to have had just a little bit longer, let it just sort of, you know, let it, let, let, let scenes sort of, you know, marinate and, and just kind of let the, the emotion uh, you know, dictate the action versus the action dictating the uh, you know dictating the emotion. But um, you know, another area of of intense controversy, and th- and this really you know is sort of fascinating. The mask, and and, and you know, I will say it is probably one of the worst masks. Uh, it, I, I think, it, with the exception of. Uh, of resurrection, which you know, I'll deal with that that one at a, at a later time. It, it's one of the most interesting situations for how the mass was created because this movie famously has various shots of totally different masks, sometimes within the same scene, uh, and part of that had to do with number one, they couldn't get the rights to the original mass, so there was that issue, and then. The, the director, Steve Miner, had his own vision of what the mass was. Producers had their own vision of what the mass was. And so there was really this kind of, you know, butting heads of, uh, of ideas and perceptions. And so ultimately what you get is this weird hodgepodge of different shots and different scenes where in one, one point it's the mass from Halloween 6. At another point... It's the mask uh, that's almost kind of like a ghost face or almost a, you know, a Casper uh, mask. Very, very white, very, very expressionless. And then there's the one that is seen throughout much of the movie, which is just sort of like the wide eyes and just, again, it, it just, you know it when you see it. It just doesn't look right. It doesn't look like Michael's mask. And, and, and another little fun fact, there is a mask in the movie at one point that is entirely digital. I, again, why there wasn't a decision to go back and reshoot a particular scene, but I mean, even that looks weird. It almost looks like just this like you know disembodied head floating over the screen. So yeah, there was a lot of controversy uh, around the uh, the the mask, and and you know again, it kind of I think just sort of feeds into this whole feeling that that that, that the production was troubled and it had a hard time getting its, uh, you know, finding its footing, finding, uh, finding its face, <laughs> if you will. And, you know, th- you know, these are minor nitpicks, uh, you know, from, for me, the Halloween fan, but 
what has always kind of bothered me with this one is is the lack of continuity. And, and I'm not talking about how it ignores four through six, uh, you know, because again, I think it works if you view it as a trilogy, one, two, and H2O. But what I mean by the nitpicks is like, I mean, as I said earlier, you know, the, the, the lack of burn scars uh, on, on Michael uh, in the movie, you know, again, if, if, if we're to say Halloween two happened, then okay. Why is it, why aren't there any residual effects from the, uh, from the burns? You know, there's that. Uh, another one is the, is the damage to, to his eye again, to you know, give props for, for Halloween 18. They really took the time to, to, Pay attention to the details. You know the, the the wound mark on Michael's neck from the sewing needle Laurie stabs him with, uh, stabs him with to the uh, to the damage to his eye from the um, hanger that she gets him with when she's hiding in the closet. Like those little little just nods and and details enhance that movie. And I would have liked to have seen that kind of attention. And I know it's it's nitpicking, but I would have liked to have seen that more in H two O because. You know, again, minus the issues with the mask and, and just sort of the, you know, kind of screamification of of the Halloween story. You know, I, I think the themes that are present there and the kind of the, the basic storyline, which is, you know, Laurie Strode and Michael Myers having their show down and Laurie, you know, facing her fear more or less. Those are those are great, uh, you know, and I think. Interest, you know, it's one of those situations where you know the ideas were there. It just it it wasn't properly fleshed out, and and you know ultimately, I think the decision to you know you know ignore the other movies, you know, it, it, it's both good and bad. I mean, you know, as much as I like the idea, okay, it's a great, it's it's a trilogy, you know, one, two, and then and then H two O. I, I, what Williamson envisioned about how it tying together the franchise, I think would have been would have been more interesting because it again would have had more character impact and development on Laurie's part, especially if she knew that her that her daughter was in fact dead, and kind of would have you know just added more guilt and weight to her desire to protect her son, and, and those sort of is, issues I think would have just been you know would have been interesting. Now again, that's not to say it all would have tied together. Perfectly. I mean, again, the Halloween franchise has been notorious for you know, you know, just sort of you know, winging it at different points. But I mean, you know, you know, to kind of tie it all back to to what I said earlier, I, I think because of where the series had been driven into, kind of you know, a padded wall at the end of six, this was the only direction to go. I mean, it was this option, or it was direct to video. And I am grateful every day that, that Halloween did not end up in the direct-to-video bin because, as I said, we would never have seen another Halloween movie on the big screen. So thing, things work out for a reason. And and for what it's worth, I think H2O manages to keep its head above water, so to speak. Uh, there are some, some moments where uh, there are strong waves, but ultimately it stays uh, it stays afloat and... Uh, Get you to shore, so to speak. I think that's enough of the uh, of the water metaphors, but but you get my my point, you know. And and again, I know uh, for many people, this is a uh, a favorite, and and certainly I enjoy it. I think it is a fun, uh, entertaining movie, and certainly 
the ending itself is, is is one of the best showdowns in the entire franchise. It is very cathartic and it is a it is a crowd pleaser. Uh, but on a personal level, I really like how 2018 took a lot of the 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 themes and a lot of the story beats of Halloween H2O and really expanded it on the canvas. And and I think frankly the end result is better. Um, you know, it, but it, it it is interesting, just given the financial reaction and the critical reaction to H two O and and vis a vis twenty eighteen. H two O was was certainly ahead of its time, you know, just in, in terms of the concept of a reboot, a, a requel, you know, soft reboot, whatever you want to call it, and, and kind of you know tackling the idea of, of this traumatized uh, final girl. If you will, I think it really was 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 much was much more uh, on, on the ball than I think people give it credit for. And certainly, if you look at the reaction to Halloween 2018, if H2O had been released in another date, another time, I think it, it probably would have had a much larger impact, if you will, on on audiences. But I mean, you know, again, that's it's neither here nor there at this point. You know, what's what's done is done, and uh, you know, overall, I think it is a a fine entry in in the Halloween franchise, and again, it 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 did what it needed to do. It saved the series from uh, the the director video bin, and and at least made Michael Myers relevant on the big screen once more. And of course, gave us that epic final showdown between Laurie and Michael. And and certainly, all eyes are going to be on Halloween Ends this year for for. The final showdown, um, if you will, uh, and you know, I I, I was uh, talking with a friend of mine uh, recently, uh, and and you know, shout out to uh, shout out to Robert Anthony, uh, but but he was you know sort of you know posing you know would will twenty eight or will Halloween ends have a have have a better ending than this one, and, and certainly you know opinions are 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 mixed you know because. You know who knows what what's going to happen, and it's hard to see anything really topping the head chopping ending if uh, of of Halloween H two O. But you know I, I'm I'm willing to uh, to take the bet that uh, Halloween ends will not disappoint, and I I think it will provide a, an even better ending for the Laurie Michael storyline. So we'll we'll check back at, on that end in a little over thirty days. Uh, but by the time this episode drops, it'll be 28 days. So uh, I think that kind of wraps up my uh, my thoughts on, on H2O. Uh, I do want to hear your thoughts, uh, so feel free to, to message me. Feel free to tweet at me uh, what you think. Uh, do you think I'm... I'm off base, or uh, you know, do, do you do you agree uh, with my assessment of of H2O? Uh, because again, I know it's you know it it certainly has uh, its its admirers. I know there are some people that absolutely hate this movie and, and think it is just the worst thing uh, in the franchise. But you know, I I wouldn't I wouldn't go that far. I I think you know there, there's hits and misses, but overall, it you know it it does what it needs to accomplish. But uh, I want to know your thoughts as well, and uh, you know. Final, a final thought, because as I, uh, as I promised early on uh, when I started this little uh, series on on the Halloween franchise, that periodically I would take time to review new movies as as they came out, as they piqued my interest. And over the weekend, I had a chance to see the movie 
barbarian and i'm not going to go into into great great detail about it because i think this is really one of those movies that you have to see uh for yourself but what i will just say is that it is absolutely bonkers it is absolutely crazy it is a wild ride that grabs you from the moment you sit down and it doesn't let go until the credits roll and frankly, that's what a good horror movie should do. That's what a good horror movie should strive to accomplish. I'm thinking back to X from earlier this year. My mind is on Pearl just down the line. And and this was one of those little gems. I went into it completely in the dark, wasn't sure what to think about it, and it just blew my mind. So I highly recommend you check that movie out, Barbarian. And certainly this weekend, uh, Pearl is coming out, the prequel to X. I'm really looking forward to that. I expect to be doing a review on that for next week's uh, show, in addition to a Halloween review. But uh, damn, 2022 has been a year for the horror genre. And you know, I just think of, of, of what has, has come out this year, from The Black Phone to Scream to uh, to X, to Watcher, now Barbarian, and, and we're not over. It's not over yet. The end is not uh, is not over. And so I, I just, but looking at it from a whole and just, just all the great uh, films that have come out, I mean, just, just wonderful. I mean, horror is back. The slasher genre is back. And, you know, for me, I love these types of movies, and it's so great to have them kind of, you know, you know, almost on a, on a loop at this point, but but not only to have such an abundance of them and different choices, but to have them all well made and and just just the craftsmanship. You know, again, I'm thinking about X. I'm thinking about the Black Phone. I know Pearl is going to be going to be mind blowing. You know, now I've got a Barbarian on the on my mind. Like, there's just this has been a great year for horror and, and you know hopefully uh halloween ends does not dis- uh, disappoint next month i don't think it will uh that will certainly be the uh the capper for the year at least in my book but uh you know a lot of great movies to check out a lot of great films so uh do yourself a favor head down to your local uh your local theater and check out some of these movies uh 2022 has been a great year for for film and for cinema, but but especially for for horror. I, I, I two thumbs up, and again, I can't wait to see what is coming next. So with that, I will sign off. And again, thank you as always for tuning in and hearing what I have to say. I'll be back next week with my thoughts on Halloween Resurrection, the eighth installment in the Halloween franchise, and. Oh, it's just a, it's just an interesting movie to say the least. And I, I put interesting in quotes. So tune in for my thoughts next week because I, I have a lot to, to, to say on it. In that case, take care, everybody. Check out some movies and tune in next week. Thanks again.